Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Baranzi. Thanks to Mo Khan for kicking it with us. We were just talking about DeAndre Hopkins, and there's a lot of people wondering, like, why DeAndre Hopkins signed with the Tennessee Titans, and there's a lot of people wondering why the Tennessee Titans signed DeAndre Hopkins. And Hopkins sees all the comments, and that's why he tweeted he loves proving the doubters wrong. Yet... I actually see this from DeAndre Hopkins' perspective, and I agree with the move that he made. It's about money. Like, let's just be real. Like, it's, you know, playing in the National Football League, it's a not-for-long league. That's what the NFL stands for, not for long. And as we see, the older you get, the less that they want to pay you in this league— Right, Running backs are are treated like second-class citizens— and quite frankly, older wide receivers aren't in high demand. That's why well, they ultimately ended up with the Tennessee Titans. Now, let's say if you're like, so some people are going, oh, he's crazy. You should have signed with the Bills or the Chiefs. And and what? And signed for them for what? $4 million or something? And played for them for what? Like $6 million? Like the Bills didn't have any money, right? Like some of these teams said, all right, we'll try to figure something out. What can we do? Yeah, if you're like honestly, only one team wins anyway. So like, if he goes to some like so-called contender, there's no guarantee they're gonna win, and he needs to get paid, right? This thing is a business. NFL players don't make like some guys make serious money, but when you throw in agents, taxes, and everything else, and their careers come to an end, you know they look back. It's like, yeah, you know what? I won a Super Bowl. Who cares? So what? How many guys have sold their freaking Super Bowl ring after, right? We see it all the time. Yeah, all right. They, you know, when I won the Super Bowl, I have that memory. That's cool. But, you know, I think people would rather have the $26 million. <laughs> and I would. The only time I ever think it's strange if, like, a player willingly goes to a bad team is if they're already, like, you know what I mean? They already have, you know what I mean? Like, if you already have, you know, $800 million, does it really matter if someone's offering you, you know, $6 million more a year? No. But DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have $800 million, and he's also not going to get paid again. You're seeing now, as good as he is, they barely want to pay him now. So, he, you know, he got as much as he possibly could, and, he, you know, he got a pretty good contract from his perspective getting $26 million from them. 
plus if he meets certain you know certain clauses in the contract he can make a couple of more dollars out of this so from his perspective i totally get it it's a business you get paid as much as you possibly can if you win fine right winning is just something that comes along after the fact but the number one objective of a professional athlete isn't to win it's to make as much money as possible right you you know you go into the league you know you want to win you want to put up numbers obviously but it's about making money right like put it this way like if a really good business let's say amazon who's a big powerhouse right or google or something google like offered you four million dollars a year to work for them and earlier you'd be like wow they're the number one tech company in the world and they're offering me four million dollars a year to work for them and some other company right that's like i don't know I mean, Mastodon or something like that offers you $13 million a year, but they're not as big, right? They'd say, yeah, we're not as big as Google, but we're going to offer you $13 million a year, guaranteed $26 million for two years. What would you do? Would you say, well, you know what? Google's a bigger name, and I can tell people I work for Google as opposed to telling them I work for this company, but I'm going to make $9 million a year less. No, right? Right? Yeah, I mean, no. It was like the same thing with like the CFL got criticized for, for leaving ESPN and ESPN Plus. ESPN was paying them like $100,000 a year. CBS Sports Network offered a million dollars a year. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not hard. Level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Buffalo, but everybody else in between. Messi has arrived in Miami. Mexico wins the Gold Cup. DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Tennessee Titans. Carlos Alcaraz dethrones Novak Djokovic. And I already can't wait for the U.S. Open. we got another Open this week. It's actually, we've got the last uh, golf major. Rory McIlroy actually won the Scottish Open uh, earlier in the day. Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic was absolutely just a, a classic, a modern classic. It's been a great summer of sports, actually, right? Like, there's been a lot of passing of the torches and or new eras beginning, in a sense. And I talked about it, like, after UFC 290, the International Fight Week, one of those just sort of classic, classic fight nights, um, international fighter, sort of like, you know, new stars and, you know, a new era of the UFC, Right, new fans, new era, new just you know what I mean? You know, sort of like the UFC 100 was like a coronation. The UFC 290 was a massive, just sort of seemed like a coronation of the UFC once again. Like, oh boy, yeah, this thing's a powerhouse uh, again. Uh, right now, we had a coronation of Carlos Alcaraz. Now, listen, I don't think Novak Djokovic is just going to disappear and stop winning, but at the same point in time, there's a new kid on the block right now. And if Carlos Alcaraz was able to beat him on grass, I think he's going to be able to beat him at Flushing Meadows at the U.S. Open. Bring it on. Let's rock. Let's talk some college football. Brett Beard steps up and in. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Down to kickoff continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Overensky. Sirius XM Channel 1 to 5, not of the Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates wherever you may be and where, wherever you are uh, right now. You're probably counting it down. College of football. You've got a team in your backyard and you're fired up uh, to do this thing. We're fired up. SEC Media Day is here. And when the media days are here, you know the games are not uh, far behind. Big 12 had their uh, media day. There's been a ton of stuff that went down in the college football world uh, this week, specifically with Northwestern um, and Tennessee. Let's bring in a Heisman Trophy uh, voter, First Coast News college football analyst, second helping podcast. Mr. Brett Beard joins us from Jacksonville of Florida en route to Nashville, Tennessee. Brett, always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Gabe, always great to be with you. Yes, we had Big 12 last week, SEC coming up. Um, very shortly, and then the week after that, you've got the ACC that's meeting. They used to meet the same week the a- the SEC did, so I'm glad the Atlantic Coast Conference delayed it for a week. And then somewhere in there is the Big Ten uh, well, with a lot to uh, to stick their chest out about with the new TV deal and so forth. So, man, oh, man, it, it is a wonderful time of year. Yeah, there's almost like gamesmanship going on as to when you hold your media day now as well. I almost get the feeling the Big Ten is like, you know what? Let's, you know, let's let's just let's just wait and you know, we'll come in after everybody. And I think in their mind, let's save the best for last. But yeah. I'll tell you what, the Big Ten, they've got um they've got a controversy on their hands, obviously, with the Northwestern situation. But let's start off uh with the Tennessee volunteers as um The NCAA says over the course of three seasons, the Tennessee football program committed 18 level one violations, encompassing more than 200 individual infractions, most of which involve recruiting rules violations and direct payments to prospects, current student athletes and their families. Sounds like, you know, isn't this like the most serious of all type of violations? Like when you like and you got an eight million dollar fine for this. Now, I'm also not naive, and I know this goes on everywhere, and it's been going on everywhere forever. So why why Tennessee? Why now? Did the Vols cross some sort of line? What's the story here, Brent? Uh, what we see here is where the NCAA is going in with the infractions committee uh, as they have. Uh, they The surprises here, I think, was the cost of the fine. I'd heard for months that instead of, uh, thinking that vacating wins uh, were going to hurt Tennessee, uh, 
uh, or something of that ill, that there would be a bigger fine than, than we thought it was going to be. So, and it is. Uh, $8 million. But I money really, money doesn't matter to them, though, Brett. So for people looking from the outside, they just look and say, well, money doesn't matter to any of these schools. Isn't a real punishment loss of scholarships? That's where you've got a real problem there, too. Now, Tennessee offered up um, the uh, scholarships before uh, this happened. They self-imposed 16 and the NCAA added to that, and that is where that a football team gets hurt is when you've lost scholarships. They'll uh, they reduce the amount of days that you can be on the road, uh, and that's well, not. We saw happen. how devastating it was to the USC Trojans after the Reggie yes. Bush yes. Uh, situation. Uh, no question. And then uh, the other thing that we've heard from months is that one thing the, the NCAA is going to do is to try to penalize the previous coach who is who's watched the violations happen. And this is what happened with Jeremy Pruitt. He has got a six-year show cause, which means that wherever he goes, if someone hires him, and I still think that he goes to Alabama uh, and eventually becomes their defense coordinator. But my understanding is that wherever he goes, the first year he's there is going to be a, a, a one-year suspension. So, but they'll, they will work around that. But Tennessee's glad that this is out. This has been going on for quite a while, five years of probation, uh, 28 scholarships uh, in total. Uh, when you look at that reduction in uh, unofficial visits, also, but the main thing is uh, that, that it was announced. Um, I'm guessing, too, that Kirby Smart's probably happy about this because it takes some of the spotlight off of his program right now. Now, Josh Heupel will have to deal with this a little bit in the media days next week, uh, but uh, we've been waiting on this for a while, and it, and it finally came out on Friday. Brett Beard uh, joining us. I am Gabriel Morenci, Sirius XM Channel 159. And it's interesting that you talked about coaches paying the price in the future, because I think that's that's been one of the massive flaws, actually. And there's been a lot of flaws. There's a lot of yes. flaws, obviously. But right. in which a coach will do something, leave, you know, knowingly that, you know what? We're going to get caught. We're going to get nailed for this. I'm out. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go somewhere else then that school gets hit with, with with violations and with punishment and kids and coaches that had nothing to do, right. that had absolutely right. nothing to do with any of the previous violations pay the price for, for previous violations. And I've always had a problem with that, actually, Brent. Yes. Well, see, what you're talking about is where the change has been made. You've got less of a change now because there was no bowl ban no postseason ban, particularly because next year the extended playoff will begin with 12 teams. And not saying Tennessee will be in it. We don't know that. But uh, a bowl ban would have certainly taken care of that. Um, and we mentioned the fine. Uh, now, they're, I think they're going to have to vacate wins. I've never agreed with that. I thought that was foolishness because if you, if you won a game on the field, you should get That's credit. hollow as well. You and I have talked about it, it right? I'm a Michigan fan, Brent. They lost to Louisville in the national championship game. They had to vacate it. 
well, you know what I mean? Michigan still lost the game. <laughs> like, so let's, right. I remember we talked right. about, unless you're going to do the Olympics, the Olympic rule and say, oh, you know what? Michigan are now the champions. The whole thing is sort of like, yeah, yeah, Reggie Bush, we want the Heisman Trophy back, right? You know what I mean? You're right. not the Heisman Trophy sure. winner anymore. You know what I mean, though, Brent? And I, I'll be honest, to be honest with you. I'm just going to cut to the chase. I don't care about Tennessee and this and that and, like, all the – I'm talking about the violations. Nobody's getting hurt. It is what it is. The cost of doing business. This is the way that uh, college football has always operated. And I see the NCAA. I think they feel kind of left out of everything, Brent, over the last right. couple of years, and they see they've lost their power. So the yes. one power that they do have, they are sort of the law enforcement, so to speak, right. of, you know, they oversee and just watch people, but college athletic directors and deans and everybody are just doing what they want. But to me, if I'm the NCAA, I, you know, I'm calling them out for it. They should be more concerned with the hazing stuff that's going on. They should be more concerned with what, what well, you know, Nasser just got stabbed in prison this year than opposed right. to someone's mother got a car, Brent. Yeah. You know, like, let's just be real here. I think their priorities are wrong. Well, and now we've got NIL, and what used to be illegal is now legal uh, in a lot of ways. So they're not having to deal with some of this penny ante stuff uh, that they did. So that, and again, there's only so many things that the NCAA can do to hurt a school unless they get really creative with something. But you hit on it early on, probably right now, the biggest thing that the NCAA can do to hurt a program is to take away scholarships. That because you know that like I do, whether it's the SEC or the Big Ten, to me, uh, you're, you win championships. Let's say your roster's, uh, just for now, uh, we say the roster's 50 players, your best 50 players. Well, uh, the, the best teams have the best 50 players. But the problem is, when you take away scholarships, players 30 through 50 are that's not the problem. Are not There's the a lot of people, right? exactly. That's that's like that's what happened in Michigan. We talked about it. it yeah, yeah you, know, you know, top 10, yeah, to one, one to 10, they match up. But it's like yeah. they start getting deeper. And it's exactly right, because people are thinking, well, who cares about scholarships? You're paying the kid NIL money anyways. You can be a walk-on, and you're giving them a million dollars. Yeah, but then you lose all the debt. Suddenly, you yes. don't have that safety. Yes. Suddenly, you know what I mean? Suddenly, you know, we don't have that punter ready for More with Brett Beard on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Sports Rage Late Night. I am Gable Barenzi. Countdown to kickoff is on college uh, football. 
kicks off in 40 days time uh, right now. That's right, Matt. It's just a little more than a month away. Brent's on his way to Nashville, Tennessee. We have SEC uh, Media Day, and it should be fascinating, SEC Media Day. You've got Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs, who are now the kingpins of college football. I imagine the direct line of questioning will be a lot about off-field issues. And Kirby Smart himself said this past week, we have a problem. And he's not he's not denying it. He goes, we have a problem getting through to our 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 team here about the dangers of of the the reckless driving. It's like an epidemic. They just do not learn over and over and over again. So that's going to be a big theme there. And then you know he's going to want to direct it to football, and they're going to be talking about their quarterback, Alabama. So here we are right now, Brent. There was that big sort of panic button as far as Alabama and the quarterback situation after the spring practice game. Where are we at here right now? What are you hearing about Alabama's quarterback situation? Because they're playing a Texas Longhorn football team that knows who their quarterback is next month. Yep. Well, uh, Alabama has three, and, and the old mantra is, if you have three, do you really have one? Um, so uh, Tyler Buckner coming in from Notre Dame, Jalen Milrow. I still think Ty, Ty Simpson is going to end up eventually being the Alabama quarterback. But but I will say this, where Bama's stronger is in the offensive line is better than last year. The running back room, I think, is going to be better than last year because a lot of those guys are healthy now, and they've got some really incredible freshmen. The wide receiver group, there's not a Julio Jones and Amari Cooper in there, but there could be by the end of the year, and the defense is better. Uh, as we know, Kevin Steele comes over from Miami, Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. Um, uh, but, but watch this, Gabe. I still think LSU will be predicted to win the West instead of Alabama because they know who their quarterback is going to be. We're yet. never going to hear the end of it, Brent. If 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 you guys in the media do this, Saban's going to call you out all year. We're going to hear about it. He's still crying about the playoffs last year. He's still crying about the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I do think I do think that, that that's going to happen. And oh, I'm in, with you. I'm in down media, Gabe. Gabe, I don't care what level of football it is. If your quarterback's coming back, people have got more confidence in that team than the teams that do not have a starting quarterback. And Jaden Daniels coming back makes that much difference at LSU. Oh, he really does. And we have to tip our cap. I think you and I were in the same boat wondering, can he play in the SEC? Let's just be real. Coming from Arizona State, could he take it to that next level? And not only did he take it to the next level, but he played elite football. And I'm very excited to see um, what Jaden uh, Daniels can do uh, this year, especially the second year in the system here. You know what I mean? They didn't really start to click until mid-year last year, guys. Yes. It wasn't really a right. full year for them last year. Right. So this is really going to be a real year for them. So Northwestern, obviously, that this thing escalated very quickly. It did. The student newspaper stories, and now Northwestern fired their baseball coach after the fact. Sure did. Uh, Jim Foster uh, out as well. I don't want to, you know, dig in too deep to this. You're an SEC guy, but there was people that immediately were believing that Pat Fitzgerald would join Alabama staff as a consultant. Um, you know, were you were you hearing these things? And obviously, right now, I don't, you know, I don't think Fitzgerald is ready to consult with anybody besides his attorneys. He wants to get paid on the way out here. I think this would get really ugly. What do you, you know, what what do you what what was the connection with Fitzgerald and Alabama? Why did people? Why were people so convinced that was going to happen? Well, anytime a coach gets fired because Saban has had 
so many stockpiles these head coaches, yes. right? Lane yes. King and O'Brien, right? Yeah, yes. As an as an analyst, bring him along for a year or two. It kind of allows the guy to reinvent himself. Uh, and then and then you and and look, Gabe, he did that with Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Sarkeesian was on was an analyst, and he brought him along as offensive coordinator. Then he got a job. Now my question, so that that's. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen with Alabama, but people are putting two and two together. Now, to me, the big question here is, what about these players and the transfer portal? Because there is a clause in there, for lack of a better word, that if a coach leaves, shouldn't the player be allowed to leave? Uh, so that's going to be my big question, Gabe, as much as anything else. Now, look, they, I, know they, I know they had an awful record last year. But they've still got some pretty good football players because they're in the Big Ten. So <clears throat> the, the, the thing that we need to follow very closely here is, do these guys stay or do these guys go? And, I mean, this could be a wonderful opportunity for some teams and players if these guys want to make a change. I, you know, I would imagine, as you stated, that, other coaches in the Big Ten and other conferences are looking at their roster and figuring out who who can come in. And, you know, it's interesting, though. I mean, we're like pro football now. So I was just thinking, Brent, as you were saying that. So let's say, okay, let's say a team gets all right. You know what? We really like the, those two offensive linemen, man, for Northwestern. Yeah. Like you said, they got a couple of guys, right? Right. So be right. like, man, you got some smart kids, some big dudes on that old line. Let's bring these guys in. So then you're throwing your kid under the bus. Yep. Yeah, right? That's the yeah, yeah. You're, so you're throwing your guys under the bus, and man, I wish I remembered the coach that said this. I hate talking about things I don't remember the name, but he basically said that I used to look at the transfer portal. It was Aranda. Thank you, thank you. It was Baylor. In my head, I just popped it. It was Dave Aranda. All yeah. Right. He said I used to look at the transfer portal as giving up on my own guys. You know what I mean? Like he said, yeah. you know, right. sort of the Narduzzi right. thing. I coach the guys that I have. Okay. Yeah. I'm not throwing right. the kids on my team under the bus. Sure. If they're not good enough, that's on me because I got to coach them up. Yeah. So Coach Miranda said, I used to look at like it was a betrayal or sort of a failure on us to like want to bring somebody in. And he said, now I have to think of what's best for our football team. Well, it, it, which it, it, was basically cutting yes. to the chase of we're going to put the best player available on the field. But yes. this isn't college football anymore. This is pro football then, Brent. Let's call it off what it is. Uh, well, well, and Gabe, here's a for instance. If you've got two freshmen or two sophomore uh, uh, offensive linemen who who really, I mean, the light hasn't turned on for them yet. If you could go and get one or yep. two offensive linemen for Northwestern, wouldn't that make sense and, and, and allow no, your I kids totally get to it. grow up? No, I, to I totally get it. It'll be interesting to see. And we're so close to the season, you know what I mean? Uh, yes. At least the kids yes. on Colorado had a little bit of time. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, really. you know, They were told really. to pack their backs. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of those kids from, from Colorado, um, it was like the same schools. Like Utah State were aggressive. I yes. swear, Brent, Utah State basically offered almost every player that left Colorado a spot. Yeah. The Memphis Tigers were very aggressive. Right. UNLV, right. like I noticed a pattern. We did a, uh, we did, we dug in. Where did the kids end up? What happened to them? Yeah. And quite a few of them ended up in Memphis. It was kind of a cross. Utah State, Memphis. A few popped up at UNLV. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Colorado Buffaloes uh, this year. Time's just flying by here right now. 
a football team that is kind of, I'm not going to say irrelevant because that's a strong word, Brent, but not as meaningful. Let's just put it this way. How many times are they on TV on Saturday afternoons? And that's what I'm talking about, the Auburn Tigers. All right, so Coach Hugh Freeze is back in the SEC. This should be interesting in his line of questioning. Well, <laughs> this, me, this is amazing. But this is what he's done at Auburn. Out of 85 scholarship players, they are going to have 42 of the 85 who have never played a down for Auburn. That is that is what think about that, Gabe. That it that is what you can do now. Yeah, for, you can redo 50% of your football. Yes. Yes. In the old days, hey coach, sorry, coach, these are your kids for four years. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but but that's what they've done. 22 high school recruits, 20 transfer portal players. Well, but, this could be rough though, stringing it together in year one. But well, I say this. The beat writers at Auburn think this is what's happened, that they may go from winning three games to six or seven, and that would make a difference if you to have half your roster uh, to come in at the last minute, if you could have that much success. The Auburn uh, Tiger win total, uh, Brent, is six and a half. Yeah. Is this a seven-win football team? Bowl games don't count. Right, good point. Maybe, maybe, but uh, again, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be, even though it's probably going to be Peyton Thorne. Do you remember, Gabe, you came from Michigan State? Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, so it could be T.J. Finley. We're just not sure right now uh, of where they're going to go. But I will say this, uh, Freeze is a good quarterback. Now, he had his problems at Ole Miss, but he was really good at Liberty, and it won't be this year that they'll make improvement, but he'll be tough to deal with in the next two or three years. I agree. I think the Auburn Tigers will. You, we all know Hugh Freeze can win. We all know yes. that, that he can coach. We all know he can recruit. We all know he can play the modern college football game. Right. He's been his own demise. Let's just be real. Off-field yes. issues in his own personal life has been his right. own demise. Yes. But everybody's makes mistakes. I'm not here to judge anybody. And um, I think the Auburn Tigers will rebuild. Man, time just flew by here, Brent. Safe travels to Nashville. Look forward to seeing what you come up with next week. And I can't wait to start talking about these games, man. We didn't I get agree. to Texas A&M. Phil Steele has the Texas A&M Aggies as his second most improved team on his top 10 list. Well, uh, and, and we'll we'll discuss this soon, but, but I would believe that. And I'm going to leave you with this. I heard this this week, and this made me think about you. I heard, and I frankly agree with him, that Jim Harbaugh may have his best team this year at Michigan. Uh, agree or disagree? I do agree. And I wish the Georgia Bulldogs weren't as good as they are because <laughs> I think Michigan would be the team to beat. Yeah. If not for the Georgia yeah. Bulldogs. The team to beat. Brad, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for the time. Enjoy the game. We look forward to talking next week after we get back from, uh, uh, from Nashville and the SEC meeting. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California... And 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. to the center, back to the wing, back to the center, center holds it, holds it, holds it, hot back, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it, I can't bear this any longer, I'm leaving. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi. It fits the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust them, and everybody else in between. We're getting fired up. College of football rapidly approaching. Going to have to start. Uh, we talked about liking the Syracuse Orangemen uh, late last week, actually, on uh, on game time decisions. Syracuse win total is six and a half. I do not believe they're going to get to seven uh, this year. That's, you know what, you, you, you know, it's like they say you don't uh, you know you don't choose who you fall in love with you know you don't choose whatever team it happens to be so to speak when you look at the uh, I'm looking at the all the win totals for whatever reason out of all the teams Syracuse the Syracuse Orangemen stuck out the most to me when I started to dig into their schedule and the losses of the players that they've had so, yeah, college football's rapidly approached. Let's talk some baseball, though, right now. Mr. Tony Finn's ready to step up. And then wagertalk.com in the house. A rare Sunday night appearance will set the stage uh, for the week that's coming up. Tony, it's always a pleasure. How are you doing tonight? Good, sir. Good. Good hanging out in the suburbs of Area 51. A bit frigid in the desert here, Gabe. It isn't, you know, because I know it's been smoking hot during the day. I know Vegas set uh, set a record <laughs> earlier in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a uh, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day, 115. You know, about this time of night, uh, balmy, about 100. You know, but no humidity, so just about perfect for me. No, I've always been a fan of Las Vegas uh, weather in the middle of the night. It's great. Uh, that's that's the best time. Summertime uh, Vegas weather, like midnight type thing, can't beat yeah. it. So, uh, Tony, let's get into one one team that wasn't fridge is the Toronto Blue Jays. And you and I spoke last week after the All-Star game, and we were talking about teams to keep an eye on in the second half. And I thought the Toronto Blue Jays were one of them. I thought they, they ended the first half strongly. Vladimir Guerrero then goes and wins the home run derby. I talked a lot about how he thought it would get him going. What happens? He hits a home run in his first half bat back. Um, from the All-Star break. And now, the, and then the Toronto Blue Jays go on to sweep the Arizona Diamondbacks, and it was sort of a two-for-one special, Tony, because I also, and I believe you felt the same way, that Arizona were going to regress a bit now that the games start to count more as the season goes on. And here we are, Blue Jays step up and bust out the brooms this week. Now they host San Diego next. Yeah, San Diego disappointed me. And we speak in the same breath we spoke to about Toronto and some of the teams. Uh, and that was more of the same for San Diego, Tony. You were expecting was, a little yeah. bit of a spark, and it was just a disappointment. Yeah. Like, they're on the ropes now. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I spoke to – I wanted them to – I felt like if they win, they went into the break 
with some momentum, and they did. They went in, what, three games under five or four games under 500, really within striking distance because I thought one division where they can beat up on each other is that division. San Francisco's actually, in hindsight now, if you look at the rotation and some of the power, power swing, at least bats they have on the San Fran team, um, they might be in better shape than San Diego. San Diego just can't hit, hit the big hit. Uh, good pitching staff, best ERA uh, among starters, yada, 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 right? But you have to put all those things together. They just can't seem to do it. Toronto certainly can do it. We know they have the talent to do it. I, I'm not a big fan of Bassett. I think Bassett's been the uh, – as, as much as you and I have spoke about Manoa and, the, and basically the – uh, at least the backdrop of Manoa and what's happened to him this year. Uh, he came back in a strange way. I thought it was a strange way to come back. But, uh, you know, before the All-Star break, why don't you wait till afterwards? But uh, it was good. It was good. And Bassett's supposed to be your inning either. The guy that can go out and throw six, seven innings, uh, eat some innings for you, give up three or four runs. He's really um, – we may have seen the best of Bassett, and it may have already be – it may have come and gone, if you know what I mean. So they have some work to do. Both in, and with their staff and the hit, and and Vlad, what's the deal? What, what is that now? He's got three home runs at home, two Roman home runs at home. What's he have? I mean, it's nice to see him going yard in front of the, in front of the home fans. Let's put it that way, and seeing them score late too. Well, people expected, me included, that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would hit a ton of home runs at home this year, especially that they brought the fences in in that right. ballpark. It hasn't happened, but it's a long season. And I think the Blue Jays are looking at the big picture about trying to win playoff games, get into the playoffs and win playoff games. It's amazing what's going on in the American League East right now, guys. It's the first time ever in baseball history that every team has had 50 or more wins with 90, uh, before 95, with 95 games being played, like at this time of the year. Like, yeah, you know, this is, you know, like, really. Like, and what's amazing, don't look now, but the Baltimore Orioles are one game back. <laughs> Of the Tampa Bay Rays. It's funny because I talked about this. They were like 12 to 1, dude. And I was like, you know, they're only like five games back. And they're like plus 1,200. It was really crazy odds like for, for Baltimore to come back and win a division. Yet I didn't think they would. I thought Baltimore were another team that were okay, but they were sort of due for regression. But now they've, they've caught fire again. They've won eight baseball games in a row. And now the Baltimore Orioles host the Los Angeles Dodgers, who took two or three uh, from the Mets. They lose tonight uh, 2-1 uh, in Queens. Tomorrow night, we've got um, we got Sheenan on the hill here. Minus 110 against Rodriguez. Total is 9.5, Tony. 7.05 Eastern. Dodgers and the Birds tomorrow. Yeah, I looked hard at this game because I'm interested in this. Really, I was interested basically pushing across the counter. On this game because uh, I, I'm a believer in Sheehan. Uh, Sheehan, these two guys, both of them 23, gave okay? both 23 old rookies. However, Sheehan took a little different route. He went to college. He got drafted at Boston College, whereas uh, Girod was out of out of high school, Houston, in that Houston area there. And he has actually three more. And years. I always confuse. Uh, sorry, Tony. I always confuse Sheehan with Ed Sheeran too, the singer. For whatever yeah. reason, whenever I see E, <laughs> well, yeah. e Sheehan, I'm like Ed Sheeran. No, Ed E Sheehan. <laughs> sorry, you go know, on. I'm, I'm sure that that Sheehan has a couple dollars in the bank. I bet he'd like to have Sheeran. Not as much as no, bank. not as much as the, not as much as uh, the Sheehan guy. <laughs> Sheeran, sorry, Sheeran. Whatever. Right, right, right. I could name um, one of his songs, but I know who he is. <laughs> Oh yeah, me. Well, I'm. I've seen him a few times on uh, 
on TV when my wife was watching or something and said, who is that guy? She said, you don't know who that guy is? I said, uh, no, he looks way too young for me to know who he is. So he's singing. He didn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't. He yeah, didn't yeah, women like him. Stuff. He sings like, uh, right, he's yeah. a ballad guy. He's a ballad guy. Okay. Well, good. He's a yeah. heartfelt, need, heartfelt. We need, we need another Bob Dylan. So let's, let's talk baseball. Um, yeah, he ain't no Bob yeah, Dylan. Yeah, I, I really like she, so what, she hand has. So you like the Dodgers here? <laughs> I do. She had his three less than G-Rod. But G-Rod, listen, G-Rod, here's the problem with G-Rod. Um, and that is hard contact, home runs, 27% fly ball, home run to fly ball ratio, 52% hard contact. Um, he's been down, well, they get demoted after 10 starts. This will be his 11th start. They've brought him back up. Why have they brought him back up? Because they're still trying to make, they're still trying to make, you know, nuts and bolts of this, raw, of this starting rotation. Per se, but you're right. Eight wins in a row, one game behind Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was the talk of the town, weren't they? Uh, coming out of April, May, first half of the season, what they were able to do. Thirteen and zero. Yeah, and and yeah, 24, 25 wins in the first in, in April. Come on, right? Um, but now you don't. But you don't see this. You don't see the talking heads from the major media portals. Uh, you know. Speaking and, and giving Baltimore butt slaps and bad boys, right? They're playing really well. No, no, they they fly out of the radar. Um, the Cincinnati Reds got a ton of attention, and rightfully so. They were a great story. Uh, but they've had a rough uh, start of this unofficial second half here. The Reds are the first team in the last 130 years with zero runs and less than eight hits over a three-game span. <laughs> and yeah, this is, you know, this is a classic example of what baseball can do to you. And I think it's a classic example as well. I've always compared baseball. I think baseball and betting are very comparable, Tony. Like a better, like, you know, you can place four bets in a, in a day and go 4-0, and oh, and a baseball player could go four for four. You could do the exact same thing and put the same amount of work in the next day and go for four, right? A better can go for four. Yeah. And I think sometimes people forget that. And young teams sometimes, I think, have to learn that lesson. Like Alec Manoa is a good example of that. It's like, good dude, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything's coming easy for you now, and you're talking smack to everybody, and you're acting like you're Nolan Ryan, and even he didn't act like you, and you got humbled fast. And we can see this. This sport can humble you fast. So we'll see how the Reds respond to this after um, becoming a first team in 130 years to score zero runs and less than eight hits in a three-game span. Yeah, I bet I made – I don't know if you and I were talking about it, but I did some extensive dialogue with – on the Cincinnati Reds, and I said that they're going to make their make or break part of their season. And I hate to say that we we all hate to say, hey, this is a giant game. Well, they play 162. They're all every game counts the same, right? These series that they had with Milwaukee, and I'd have to pull it up exactly so I don't mess it up, but I will. But their their series and their schedule. I think the first 10 games, the first four, 12 games, the first four series out of that All Star break, one has already happened, right? 0 oh, and 3 got swept, got swept, and now what do they do now? They get three more series, and I think again, I still say the same thing. It makes or breaks their season. Well, who does it put it to an advantage? Obviously Milwaukee, right? That's the only other team. I'd love to say Chicago got some futures on them to win this in the Central, but they just they can't. They don't have the pitching. They don't have the pitching. Steel, sure, Steel can pitch. He didn't pitch very well today. Got club got hit pretty hard by the Red Sox, but that's going to happen. The Red Sox can hit. It's uh, their pitching's also in question. But but I'm I'm not keen 
Gabe. I'm not. I'm not hot on the the Reds being a uh, a playoff contender at this point. Uh, again, much will be said in their next um, in, in next three series. And I just pulled it up for you, but it's it's basically got San Francisco for four, then they have Arizona for three, and then Milwaukee for three, and then the Dodgers for three. So they just got swept by Milwaukee. Four against San Fran, three uh, three against Arizona. Then they go on the road uh, to Milwaukee and L.A. And that is a stretch of what four, three, six, nine, thirteen. That's sixteen games. That's not even August yet. So that'll be July thirtieth. You're right. That's correct. And that's that's a that's a pretty rugged schedule there. Now we uh, there, there's nobody over the top. Even the Dodgers haven't been over the top. But when you got to go to Chavez Ravine um, in the end of July. And big games, it, that's a tough position to be in with the pitch staff they have, and it's not much of a staff. San Francisco are very chalky tomorrow. It's minus 156. Logan Webb against Williamson. San Francisco yeah. minus 156. Totals nine and a half. Marlins have Lazardo on the hill at plus 102. In St. Louis, Michaelis goes minus 120. Total is eight and a half. In that game, the Chicago Cubs, Drew Smiley, is on the hill against Gore. Mackenzie Gore goes for the Nationals, plus 124, Cubs minus 146, total is eight. Tampa and Texas, that's like the, uh, the L.A. and Baltimore and Tampa and Texas are the glamour matchup uh, and glamour series is here. Uh, we'll break it down and more with Tony Finn on the other side. This is Portrait. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Three-minute warning. Quick City. 180 minutes in Sports Talk Radio continues. I am Gabriel Moretti. Tony Finn kicking in with us. We've got Ian Cameron going to throw it down with us at level three. So it's hard to believe the Tampa Bay Rays right now only have one more loss than the Baltimore Orioles do on the season. Uh, the Rays are 60-36, and 36, which is awesome. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the Baltimore Orioles are now 57-35. and 35. And don't look now, but the Toronto Blue Jays are suddenly only six games out of first place. A smoking hot Blue Jays team who are racking up the W's right now. They're 53-41. and 41, So Tampa are under pressure for the first time on the season. Meanwhile, Tony, the Texas Rangers coming off a series sweep as they defeat the, uh, the Cleveland Guard once again uh, today. What do you think of this Rays and Rangers uh, matchup? Uh, we've got McClanahan on the hill against Dunning. Well, I was disappointed in Eflin today for certain. Eflin had been so good. I mean, so good. And today his command was pretty bad. And even the Kansas City Royals, who 
if you bet $100 on the Royals for the first half of the season, I think you would, every game, money line, you would be down about $2,600. Um, they really hit Eflin pretty hard today. But hit him not very hard. They killed him, to be honest with you. He was not very good at all. They win. They go into Texas. They go into those Texas series. Um, not playing great baseball, but we all know that they're still going to pitch. Uh, they still have a good staff. They're a deep staff. Uh, mediocre bullpen. Starters are good. McClanahan, you know, McClanahan gets to go, and he's back from that 15-day IL. Really, he's kind of key, isn't he, Gabe? I mean, he needs to perform pretty well for this Tampa Bay team to, you know, to to be able to fend off the uh, the the Russians, at least the wild horses that are chasing them. And there's some awful good teams. You missed them, Baltimore, Toronto. So uh, Texas, they need to continue to perform like they've been performing. If they're going to hold Houston's not listen, Houston, this is a team. Maybe, maybe we can bet on Houston not to make the playoffs, can we? Houston Wild Series with the Angels. Yeah. We'll break that down on the other side of more. All right, Tony Finn, get your best bets ready. Monday, Major League uh, Baseball. NBA Summer League Championship game goes down Monday night, too. We'll give you the number for that. This is Sports Rage. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 